0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit c.l.c.austin.com. Thank you for listening. I was just standing over here, and uh, I'm just smiling. Man, it's so good to see you in church today. It feels good. Come on, doesn't it feel good to be in church today? You know, my family, we do this deal every time we eat dinner together. We just go around the table and just say, hey, what, is, what was your favorite thing about today? And just, just to talk. And, um, so I'm on the lookout like every day, like what is my favorite thing? Because my kids are not going to let us like not do this. They're going to call, dad, what was your favorite thing? And I can't, you can't be lame. You got to like, you got to come strong. So um, this morning on the way to church, I've, I've already got my favorite thing about today. That my entire family, my wife, my three kids, piled into our minivan. That's what it takes when you got three kids. And came to church together, y'all. That makes me happy. I don't know about you, but that fires me up. And to all of you, listen, this is unprecedented times, but these are exciting times too. This is when... This is when the church gets to just excel and the light of Jesus Christ gets to shine brighter than ever. We get the opportunity to be creative. And so for those of you that are watching online and you're not in the house, we are, we are very creative right now. Uh, normally, you know, on a traditional Sunday, we would be in our main worship uh, center that would house a whole bunch of people. But during the pandemic, we just said, you know what? When people are, are nervous about coming to church, and rightly so, at the beginning of that, we said, let's start demoing that building. And for those of you that are watching, we, uh, <laughs> we have taken a massive step towards that, And so this Sunday, we are live in the chapel, and this is not the only worship center that we have available on campus. We've got another one set up when we finished phase one, which is our new lobby and office complex. We've got another worship center set up in the lobby. Uh, So we've got people in multiple places, and we got a lot of people online. So if you're waiting on us to come back to church, like I'm gonna make room for, listen, we got plenty of space for you, okay? So come on back if you're comfortable, if you're still in the, the vulnerable population, listen, we love you, we understand, we're praying for you, and that's why we're going to continue to provide our online experience without question. So we're going to dive right into the... W- anybody excited about the Word of God today? Oh, come on, I need more than a golf clap. Is anybody excited? Yeah. Yeah. This last week was a huge week in the life of our student ministry. Pastor Philip and Annie, Jessica, you guys did a phenomenal job with our summer camp that was right here. It was amazing, so thank you for that. Thank you for leading our students so well. For those of you that want to be a life group leader, listen, we're right around the corner from our fall semester of life groups. So you can get all the details on that. You can sign up online. Enough about all that. Let's dive into God's Word. So let me ask you this question. I, I got to thinking about this. Uh, and, and I think I know the answer in, in some sense, but have you given much thought, really, to why you follow Jesus? Have you spent much time thinking about it? Chances are, you may have spent a little bit of time thinking about this. Maybe, um, maybe you are dating someone who is a follower of Jesus, and so um, because they were a follower of Jesus, you are a follower of Jesus, right? That happens. Oh, come on, y'all got to lighten up. It ain't going to get much funnier than that today. Maybe you were sick, and somebody came to a hospital room, a family member, a friend, a pastor, and prayed for you, and God miraculously healed you. And then from that day forward, you said, you know what? I'm going to believe Jesus, and I'm going to follow Jesus. Maybe uh, maybe you, ha- you came into church just kind of normal. You came weren't expecting much, just the normal, you know, every day, every Sunday thing. We're going to go through the motions, do our thing. But then something happened through worship and through the word that God got a hold of your heart. And from that moment forward, you say, you know what, I'm going to commit my life. There's, there's so many different ways that people find themselves following Jesus. And, and I think we spend some time thinking about that in our own journey. But I want to ask a different question to you today. Have you spent much time thinking about why the disciples or people that walked the earth when Jesus was here making outrageous claims about who He was and what He was going to do, have you thought about why they chose to follow Jesus? Like, what would it look like in that day and age for you to follow Jesus, this man that is making these crazy claims about what he's going to do. Have you spent much time thinking about that? And, and what's interesting, I think, if you do think about it for a little bit, you'll, you'll begin to understand that, that they didn't follow simply because of faith. I think that was a part of it. I think that they that was a bit of it. But But the reason, as we'll digest today, is... The reason that I believe that they, they followed Jesus was because of what they actually saw with their own eyes and what they heard with their very own ears. When he was walking, see, we don't have that privilege of walking the earth when Jesus walked, but they did. And so they would see the things that he would do and they would, they would hear the messages that he would preach from the hillside. And so because of what they, they saw and because of what they heard, they follow Jesus, and John would actually encourage us through his account of the life of Jesus in the very same way. Watch what he says in 1 John chapter 1. He said, that which was from the beginning. He's not talking about the book of Genesis. He's talking about Jesus coming on the scene and doing just wrecking shop, changing everything. That which was from the beginning, he said, I was there, which we have heard. He said, I heard it with my own ears. Which we have seen. These are the things that we, Peter and I, saw with our very own eyes, which we have looked at and which our, our hands have touched. He said, That life appeared and we have seen it. And we testify to it and we proclaim what we have seen and what we've heard. And I, I think this was John's way of relating to us in a very unique way. I think it was John's way of saying, yeah, Man, I'm just, I'm nobody special. My daddy was a fisherman, I was a fisherman, and Jesus showed up, and what I'm writing to you, what I'm telling you is inspired by the very breath of God, is is the things that I have seen with my own eyes. I, I, I witnessed it. I heard with my own ears, but here's the beauty of it. He doesn't just Write this in the way that he designs his gospel, we'll talk about in just a moment, but he doesn't just write it so that you and I would know. That we would know the cool things that Jesus did, know the amazing feats that he would he would take on. No, no, no. John has an agenda. (laughs) Like he's not just writing it for fun so that you can, oh, these are great little stories. No, no, no. John has a, a purpose in the way that he would be very specific about why he would write what he wrote. And it's this, John wants something to happen to you. Like, it's not, for, it's not just, oh, this is a great book, oh. No, John wants something to happen to you, something that happened to him based upon what he saw and based upon what he heard. And so John would organize his whole gospel around these, these seven events, these, these signs that pointed to who Jesus was, and it pointed to, to why Jesus did what he did, and it was his hope that what happened to him would happen to you, and what happened to me, and what happened to everyone that would read his gospel moving forward. And so today I want to draw your attention to one of the, the events that he would, he would write, that he would kind of put his whole entire gospel around. And if, you, if you've read the story, you, you'll see it titled in John chapter 4 as the healing of the nobleman's son. Maybe you're familiar with the story, but, but Jesus had gone to a wedding. He's, he, he'd already showed up on the scene, turned water into wine. He'd encountered Nicodemus. He'd already met a woman at a well. And now the Bible says that he's on his way back to Galilee. Watch what, watch what the Word of God says in verse 46. Once more... He visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water to wine, and there was a certain royal official, a royal official whose son lay sick. And I don't want you to miss the royal official part, because it's important. Royal official in this day and age meant that he was probably a Jewish aristocrat, which means... He had as much money as he needed. He didn't need you to buy him lunch. He didn't need you to go take him. No, no, no. He was self-sufficient. He had everything in his own power and his own means to take care of everything that he needed in his life. And it also meant that he was a pretty smart guy. He was, he was pretty intellectual to the point where sometimes his, the way that his mind worked would kind of get in the way of, of following his heart and what he knew, because he would try to figure things out in such a way that you can't really figure some things out. You know what I'm saying? This was, this was him. Uh, and, and so I want you to get watch what he says. So there was a certain man, a royal official, whose son was sick. But on this day, none of that mattered. On, on, on this day... All of his brains, how smart he is, how much money he has, how much power he has, the ability to tell people to go do this, and all of that stuff gets pushed aside. Because today, he's a desperate father. Today, he's a dad who is in need, and it, it doesn't matter right now how much money he's got in his wallet or in his bank account. It doesn't matter the the words that he can say to force people to do. It doesn't matter that he's self-reliant because today all of that gets brushed aside because he is a father who is in need. And isn't it interesting that for you and I, all of our intellect, the trying to figure things out about God, I don't know why this doesn't add up and this doesn't compute... All of our, our money, all of our, our fame, all of our power tends to fall by the wayside when somebody you love is hurting, right? When, when, somebody, when, when your son, when your daughter, when your husband, your wife is sick, it don't matter. All, it don't matter how smart you are, you'll act like a fool. Is it just me? Y'all don't, y'all don't do not Okay. Okay. Y'all don't love you kids like that? Come on. <laughs> Isn't it true, though, that you'll lay it all aside for that sweet baby that's sitting next to you in church today? The Bible says that when he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee, he went to him. And watch, he, he begged Jesus to come back to his hometown and to his son. And, and I love this. This is so powerful. He could have done this, but he didn't. He didn't send his servants. He didn't send his entourage. Listen, I'm going to need you to go get Jesus. I'm going to need you to bring Jesus back. Okay? Go take care of that for me. You go do this. You're going to... No, 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 no. No, he said, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to get Jesus. I'm, I, I'm a desperate dad today. And so <laughs> the desperate, desperate dad is going to leave, and I'm going to go get Jesus, and I'm going to bring Jesus back to my son, and we're going to see what happens. And the Bible says this, but when he heard, when he, when he heard, see, they had heard, this is important, they had heard about Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. He had heard rumors of who Jesus was, He had heard rumblings of what Jesus could do in the miracles that he performed, but he didn't personally have a relationship and and know Jesus. But when he heard these stories and these rumors, and so now the dad has a decision to make. And imagine this you got to dive into the story for it to come alive. I got a decision to make do I leave my dying son? In hopes of, of finding and convincing this Jesus that I've never met, this Jesus that I've only heard rumors of, I haven't even seen it with my own eyes. I haven't heard I've heard it, but I haven't seen it. And I haven't heard him say it, I've heard other people say it. Do I leave my dying son to go try to convince him to come back here with me? Because in my mind, I don't know if this is gonna. I don't know if this is gonna work out the way that I think it's gonna work out in my mind. Do I send a servant? Do I send? How should I let this all play out? Because these maybe these are all just rumors. And what if I leave in search of this Jesus who I've never seen perform a miracle? What if I leave and my son dies? Then I'm gonna have to live and regret the rest of my life. That I left in search of Jesus, and I left my son when he needed me the most. And he's got these two options in his mind. And we get the idea that he's pleading with Jesus. Jesus, listen, when he gets there, I just, (laughs) I need, I need you right now. Jesus, you, you listen, I, I don't care about my money. I don't care about my fame. I don't care about my, my position in society. I don't care about my theology. I don't care about my intellect. I need, if you can help me, I need you to come from where we are right now and walk with me to where my child is. And Je- Jesus, Jesus has a way, y'all. He would say something next that would seem almost very abrasive. But you have to understand, he's not talking to just the nobleman here. He's more addressing the entire crowd that has gathered when he would make this statement. Watch what he says in verse 48. He said, "Unless, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. If you don't see it with your own eyes... You will not, if you don't actually see something, chances are very high that you're not gonna believe it. That's what Jesus is telling them. Obviously, Jesus understands that he's making some pretty outrageous claims here. He, he realizes that throughout his ministry, he's saying things and doing things that might be hard for the typical person to digest in that day and age. And so he says, listen, there is, there's no way you're going to believe the things that I'm saying unless I do something that convinces you. And boy, would Jesus give them something to talk about. <laughs> he, he, he would show up on the scene and the nobleman, can you imagine his son is dying? The nobleman says, sure, Jesus, that's fine. You, I don't care if you're talking directly to me. It doesn't matter. I'm beyond that. You can call me out if you want. i got a son that's dying. That's fine. But sir, 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 come 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 with me, let's put my arm around you, interlock my arms, what do I gotta do? We're going back to see my son. Lord, I know that that you're you're beneath me on the totem pole in society. You're just a teacher. I'm this Jewish aristocrat. I got money. I, I know that the onlookers that have gathered right now, I know that they're probably looking on. They're appalled at me that I'm even begging, That I am that I would stoop so low to beg somebody that I've never met, somebody that I've only heard rumors of, that I would just release my position in hopes... That somebody that I've never met, that I've never seen do, I've only heard rumors that I could convince you to come home to my son's bedside. I know they're judging me. I know they're, they're looking at me as if I'm crazy. But he's so confident. He, did, he, he gets so humbled in this moment, but, but he's so confident that if he can convince Jesus to come home, that everything's gonna be okay. But why is he so confident? What is it that that makes this nobleman leave, literally leave his dying son in search of Jesus? You know what it was? This is gonna blow your mind. Rumors. Hearsay. Yeah. The reason that he had so much confidence and the reason that, that he chose to leave his dying son was based upon rumors. It was based upon what other people had seen Jesus do and word had traveled back to him. Now, this may not mean much to you, but I think it's going to in just just a, a few short minutes. And so in, in this moment, this nobleman has two options in his mind. I go, Jesus, (laughs) you come with me, I bring you home, my child lives. Or, Jesus doesn't come with me, and my son dies. So you can imagine how convincing he would try to be in this moment, right, parents? How convincing would you be? Would there be a little, would you do everything in your power? Some of y'all are saying yes. (laughs) We're going to pray for your kids in a minute. Right, we would. We would do everything in our power. If all of these rumors are true, or if Jesus doesn't come, then my child's going to die. Wow. But Jesus, Jesus, I can imagine the way he would do it. Smiles and offers him a different option. Listen, I, I know what you think. I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate you trying to wrap your intellectual brain around how I work. <laughs> that's, that's cute. But let, let, me, let me show you how this is really going to work. And Jesus asks him to do something that Jesus has been asking you and I to do ever since. Jesus asked, you've got to catch this. He asked the nobleman to trust him based upon the testimony of other people. He asks him to trust him, based upon the testimony, the word, the experiences of other people. He asks him to entrust his dying son to him, based upon stories that have been told to him. I don't know about you, but that don't seem like a whole bunch to hold on to. (laughs) Right? Like, uh, if I'm going to believe, I'm going to need to know that I can believe. If my son's or my daughter's health is in the balance here and their life is in the balance. But Jesus said, listen, I'm going to need you to believe based upon what other people have told you about me. And then Jesus would... Make this statement in verse 50. He says, go. Go. Your son will live. Now, that sounds great. And I appreciate that, Jesus. But, but, but moms and dads, stay with me. You've come. With, you, you have left your dying child to go to Jesus, a man that you have never met, a man that you have never seen perform these miracles based upon rumors and testimony of other people. Your your child is dying. You've made the trip, and you're here. And I don't know about you, but I ain't leaving unless he leaves with me. Like, hey, hey, fellas, why don't y'all just go ahead, put Jesus on lockdown, whatever. We got to get Jesus back to my son's bedside. I know you... I came, I left my child to bring you home and you're telling me, just go, go, go. Your son will live. Well, Jesus, I don't know you. That's great, but do you know what happens if I get home and I I realize you just didn't want to deal with me? That you had a lot of other stuff going on that day and you didn't want to take the time and and I believed you, but but you didn't deliver on your word? Do you know what I'm going to have to face? My wife's at home. My child may not get the healing that I think my child should get. My life is at risk. My son's life is at risk, and you just want me to take my time going home without you. Like I might take my time going home if we're chatting it up about what's going on and you know how the Spurs didn't make the playoffs. if we're talking about all that stuff, that's good. But I ain't going home without you. And this is where we are. We are asked to take Jesus at his word based upon the word of other people. We're asked to entrust our lives to Jesus, our health, to Jesus, our futures. To Jesus, our finances. To Jesus, our sick children, our well children. To Jesus, all based upon the words of people who knew him. All based upon what other people had seen and what other people had heard with their very own ears. So we're to go about our days with our unanswered prayers. Still confident that he is who he says he is. This is what, this is what Jesus is asking us to do, and we, we've seen people and we know people who do this, who, who walk into every day, who carry the burden of unanswered prayers that just won't seem to go away, sicknesses that won't be healed, financial situation after financial situation kids that won't come home, parents that are acting like kids. They they have th- there's these unanswered prayers and they walk around with it, but there's, just, there's joy. You know, have you met people like that? They're they're content. There's just they have a peace when they shouldn't have a peace and it's scary, but it's inspiring at the same time. How do they do this? And I have a feeling that they would whisper in your ear Believe me, believe me, it's worth it. It's worth it. And for those of you that are walking through life with those unanswered prayers, with those burdens that won't seem to go away, with the things you've got a thousand questions that you're going to ask God when you see him face to face one day, can I encourage you just for a moment today and ask you a question? Do you know, I don't know how long it's been, but do you know how many people are watching you? And I'm not trying to put pressure on you. That's not it at all. Do you know, you, you don't know how many people are watching you. Do, do you know how many people are one week one day, one month, one year away from placing their faith in Jesus because of the way that you're walking through what you are walking through, because of the way that you carry an unanswered prayer, the way that you you handle a burden that just won't seem to go away. I'm telling you this morning that your testimony, the things that you're walking through right now are more powerful than you'll ever know. And you will not know them here on earth. But you will know them one day that the way that you walk through the craziest situations in life, there are people who will place their faith in Jesus based upon your word and based upon your testimony, based upon what you've walked through. So the nobleman just stares, go, go, go. And my son's going to live. His entourage awaits. The man has diminished himself in the eyes of the public by, by begging. And, and in this moment, he's not getting what he came for. And he's not getting who he came for. And so he lets out. He, he exhales and he makes a decision, a decision that people have been making for over 2,000 years. And it's not an exaggeration. It's a decision that could literally change the course of your life in an instance. You've got to catch this. He believed. He made a decision to believe Jesus and to live as if what Jesus Was saying was true, watch, even though he hadn't seen evidence of it yet. He chose to believe that Jesus was who he says he was based upon what he hadn't seen yet. I don't know how many of you today need to make a choice you're walking through it right now, situations that would blow our minds if you were to, to tell people about them. I wonder, I wonder what it would look like if today, before we left, in spite of everything that might be on the line... In spite of what what might happen if it doesn't work, if this following Jesus is just all a big, you know, it's just all fake and it all none of it works, and, and it's uh, it, it, in spite of everything that's on the line. If you choose to believe that Jesus is who He says He is, I wonder what your life would look like. And I think that you would have hundreds of people. They would tell you, believe believe him believe in him i promise you it's worth it so this is this is so powerful verse 50 the man the man believed the words that Jesus spoke to him but more than believe listen and this is where some of us mess this up but then he behaved as if what Jesus said could be trusted The man believed the word Jesus spoke to him and he departed for home. Okay, Jesus. Okay, 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 okay. I haven't seen you perform miracles. I haven't seen it with my own eyes. I I know the rumors that are out there but I haven't seen it. I've heard them but today I choose to believe you, I choose to, to trust you in this. In when the this is the biggest season of my life. Like there's not a greater need that I've ever needed than for my child to be healed, and I know that I've never seen you do it, but I choose to believe you. I choose to believe what others have said about you. I choose to believe that what I've heard are not just rumors, and if I'm wrong, Lord, that I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't have the answers moving forward. I'm gonna go home and and face a, a, a wife who has lost her son. And we're going to try to figure it out, but I don't even know how we can w- figure all of that out because I just made a choice to not bring Jesus home with me, and she's going to. Why didn't you bring? Come on, you know that He was our own. And you, you, cho- Jesus, I'm choosing to believe you. Come on, Mom and Dad, think about this. He, he walked away from the only person that could heal his son. And he decided to simply trust him. I don't know about you, but I don't know. I would like to, as a pastor, tell you that that would be easy for me to do. That would be so hard. To know that my child is about to die and i've come here to bring jesus and he's my hope and jesus says i just go on but what if i don't know you you don't know me what if you got bigger matters to deal with you may never think about me again but but i'm not gonna have a son While well, he was on his way home, wondering, I'm sure, what he was going to face when he walked in the door, his servants met him from the house with news that his boy was still alive. But when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, it was yesterday at one in the afternoon is when the fever left him chills run down his spine. You can imagine the scene. Tears fill his eyes. And he looks back at Cana and realizes that it was the exact time which Jesus said to him, listen, I'm not, I'm not going with you. I just need you to trust me that I am who I say I am. And your son will live. So he finally makes it home, tells his wife the story of everything that happened, and his whole household believed. <laughs> she believed. Everybody in the house, of course they believed. At that point, of course you would believe because seeing is, be- you people aren't going to believe me unless I do signs and wonders. You have to, to see it before you will believe that I am who I say I am. Of course, the whole household believed, but here's what I want somebody in the house, somebody watching online today to catch, is that this nobleman, he believed before he saw He chose to believe Jesus before he ever saw what it was that Jesus would do for him. He took a chance to trust Jesus, to trust the rumors and the words of other people that he could do what it is that they have said he could do. He laid it all on the line. He says, if this doesn't work, I'm doomed. I'm not sure as a family we'll ever recover. But if it works... If you are who you say you are, then my testimony, my word of what you've done for me is going to do something for what those people, those rumors that they have told. My story is going to impact somebody else when they can't see it and they're having a hard time believing it. He believed before he saw based upon the testimony of other people and he found out they weren't just rumors (laughs) that these were facts that Jesus is who he says he is just stand with me I'm done I don't know about you but I'm so grateful that Jesus is who he says he is But I can believe him, that I can take him at his word. And I want to close with this quick story. You fast forward to John chapter 20. Jesus has already died on the cross. He's been buried. He rose from the grave. He shows up to where his disciples are hiding out. And he shows them his hands, and he shows them his side. And Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, would reach out, and he would touch the nail print, Hands of Jesus, and Jesus would make this comment to the people sitting in the room. He says, hey, because you have seen me, now that I'm alive from the dead, because you've seen me, you believe. You've seen it with your own eyes, because seeing forces you to believe. How could you not believe? I was dead, and now I'm not. Like, of course, you believe now, but then he makes a statement that I want to resonate in the hearts and the minds of some people in this room, some people that are watching online, because some of you have yet to see it. There's some things that you're walking through that you have yet to see come to fruition. And watch what Jesus says. He says, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed so to every mom and dad who's struggling with parenting right now dealing with questions and why is my my child dealing with this stuff why are we i don't know how to handle this to every child that is walking through situations at school with your friends, every person in the room watching online that may be dealing with addiction, fear, anxiety, depression. I want to tell you today, blessed are you who believe though you haven't seen. Would you bow your heads, Lord, right now? God, your presence is tangible in this room. God, I know there's some of us who are walking through some very difficult situations, and we're, st- we're at that point where do I leave my dying son in search of, of one that I've only heard about? that I've heard rumors about I've never even met, I don't even know for sure. And I think for those of us who have made that leap that says, you know what, we trusted Him, we believed in Him when we couldn't see it, we would collectively tell you, believe me, it's worth it. Take that step of faith today and trust what John would say. Trust the testimony of other people because just like the nobleman, you are going to find out that Jesus is who he said he is. And he will do what he says he does. So Lord, I pray that you would bless every individual in this room, every individual in the lobby, every individual watching online right now. Today, today we choose to believe whether we've ever seen it before or not, we believe based upon the testimony and the words of our brothers and our sisters and based upon the things that John saw in his gospel. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for being with us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, do you believe today? Come on, can you put your hands together for Him like you believe? So here's your homework today. Are you ready? Walk out of here and whatever comes against you, whatever you're walking through today, trust Him. Believe Him just a little bit more than you did when you walked in. And every week you're gonna build on that belief. You're gonna build on that trust as you see that he is who he says he is. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. Remember, if you're a first-time guest, drop off your connection card in the main lobby. You can also sow into the kingdom of God out there. God bless you. We'll see you online Wednesday night and back in the house on Sunday.